Hello, hello everyone, how are we? Thank you so much for coming, it's a rainy, soggy day, there's latecomers, come on in guys, you have to come to the front though, come to the front, bowler hat lady. Yeah, welcome, thank you so much, thank you so much for bringing your girlfriend from the movie Fame, that's fantastic. Awesome, yes, a Fame reference this early in the show, and you guys got it, this is gonna be a good one. Hello miss, how are you? You hate my guts, don't, don't you? A wee bit. You don't like sitting in the front row? What do you think? Not when you're this sober? You said that with like a swarthy shoulder, but not when I'm this sober. What's your name, madam? Claire. Hello, Claire. And where are you from, Claire? Glasgow. Glasgow, beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Worst reputation of a town ever. Abu Ghraib has a better reputation than... Yeah, thanks for pussing out on the laugh there. That was a joke, but it does. It has a terrible reputation, but it's nothing but hugs and polite words from mean-looking people every time I'm in that town. You guys cannot laugh, it's fine. We'll still keep going. The doors are locked, but I will keep trying to be funny. Even for, and I'm gonna curse, even though those kids are here. How are you guys? Good? How old are you guys? 11 and 13. Well, you guys know all, you could teach me a thing or two about cursing, couldn't you? What's the worst curse word you've ever said? Claire, you've been saved. It's a, it's, I know your mom's looking at you and shaking her head going, if you fucking say a fucking word. But you're under the cone of protection of the Internet Broadcasting Act of 2014, which means this falls under the freedom of speech. So if your mom grounds you for swearing, you can take her to court. And you can become free of her, and then she'll have to pay you money, and then it's ice cream for dinner every night of the week. So really, I'm just trying to help you guys out. I don't know if you know anything about the law, but I have made up a lot about it right now. So this may really help in your favor. And I love that the boy is just like, what do you want to hear? I got, I got a bunch of things chambered. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for coming. How are you? Hi, how are you? Very nice. Are you guys dating? Sort of. We'll get to you in a second. So many things happen. We've got Claire looking at me like I'm a piece of meat and or... We've got two kids deciding whether or not they're going to swear. A mother who wants to punch me so hard in the neck. And she has that motherly face where she's like, I'm a sweet, nice lady, but if you make my baby say the cursy words, I swear to fucking God, I will serve you for breakfast. We have a couple, not sure if they're dating. When did you guys first hook up? Uh, November. November last year? Is romance dead? Ladies and gentlemen, that's a relationship. Sir, if you don't text within 24 hours, does she get angry at you? It's a fucking relationship. That pause right there goes, yeah, 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 she totally does. You're dating, why, why don't you guys want to confirm it? Oh, currently, oh. Is it a naughty weekend? Okay, for the 11 and 13 year old, let me explain that. Sometimes people, sometimes people are dating a few people at the same time, and what you do is you don't tell them the specifics of it, and then you go to another location, and if you're not in the same area code, it doesn't count. That's the law. Yeah, yeah. If you have not seen the documentary Road Trip from the seminal director Tom Green, well, then you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, we're gonna just go back to... So what are your names? Sorry, guys. Well, Alyssa and... Alyssa and Ryan, and where are you guys from? One more time, because it sounded like you said Dallas Sheer. Is that the most badass part of England? It's the only place that has oil that they didn't steal from the Scottish. Boom! That one's for the Scottish in the house. 
English people don't like those jokes, but the Scottish people do, and they hit harder than you guys. So I, I take their side when I'm in this part of the island, when I'm in the other part, I'm on your side, because I am the Benedict Arnold of comedy. Yes, historical joke. Claire doesn't understand it. I'll explain it later. Benedict Arnold was the guy who sided with the English during the American Revolution. And technically, he's like a hero to the English, but they don't celebrate it because the Americans won that war. And so the British act like that war never happened, that America just woke up one day and was like, we're a country. And they were like, we approve, have a great time. <laughs> yeah, we'll call you later when we need bailing out in wars. Also, by the way, I fucking hate when Americans do like, we saved you in WW1 and WW2 because I'm a Canadian. We were there two weeks in being like, we don't even think you need saving. We just want to fucking kill some people. What do you want us to storm? That beach? Go, 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 go. We're fucking, because the Canadian military, we get such a fucking short shrift. We set the record on D-Day. We took our beaches the quickest because we arrived earlier than we were supposed to, so the Germans didn't know we were coming. Unfortunately, the rest of the Germans then got warning because when they called Juno Beach, we were like, how's breakfast, Dusseldorf? And they were like, hey, we're, we're from Canada, man. We don't speak German. And they're like, what? Why are you here? Uh, no reason, man. We just thought maple syrup and stuff. <laughs> and so the Americans, a lot of them died. But still, Canada did very well in that war, and we didn't go to Vietnam because we're sensible and we're not good in the heat. <laughs> that only worked because I did a cute turn. Good in the heat. That's how Canadians do diplomatic policy. We would join you in Iraq, but the sand gets into our crevices. I don't think the word crevice has ever been said on the floor of the UN, but God, I hope it is. We would join you in the, in the upcoming World War III with Russia, but we were afraid our crevices would be damaged. That's the representative from Camp Island. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. So where are you guys from? Back to you. One more fucking time. <laughs> the borders. I love how you guys say it with such disdain. The borders. <laughs> Which side of the border? The good side or the English side? The good side. So Scottish? And Ryan, where, which way are you voting on the Scottish independent movement? I ask him because he's a child. You cannot be angry at him. Which side are you going with? No. That's the first no I have heard in a year. Usually what you get, thank you. I like all of you are being brave. Yeah, the kids don't know. We can say it too. Miss, I know if I asked you, you'd go, I haven't made a decision yet. I don't, I don't know what's going to go. Like, sure. Alex Salmon looks like a douchebag sandwich. His only friend is Donald Trump, and that's like saying, I have no friends. It's just, I just, I don't like it. I believe, I like when things stay together. And it's also, I like having Scotland here, because I live in England, and England can be a bit oppressive and a bit, nah, nah, nah. and Scotland is kind of like the Caribbean for white people. You just come up here, and it's raining, like, have a beer, calm the fuck down. And you're like, you're right, I should! Why are we having curry for breakfast? Why the fuck not, pal? Good point! Why did you invent golf? Why wouldn't we? I don't even know how that's an answer! It's just so fucking fun up here. It's just relaxing and ridiculous. And everyone's a little nervous about any sort of information. Like, Claire, you said your name and you haven't forgiven yourself. Yeah, I should have made up a name. I could have gone with Melissa. I know Melissa. She lives in Glasgow. Why did I say my own name? Now they all know me. He's going to kill me. <laughs> and uh, so you're from the borders. Is there a wall at the border? No? Okay, I think I made up that there was a wall. It, there used to be. Thank you, Poindexter kid. It's broken? Who broke it? 
Make a decision. I like how it's already breaking into a very UK discussion. Well, someone broke it. Who do you think it was? It wasn't us. Sure, we had the hammers and we were drunk, but that didn't mean we broke the wall. Maybe we were just making rocks out of bigger rocks. You don't know. You weren't there. You want to golf? Yes, I do. Does anyone know the history of the invention of golf? I always am curious, because that is the only sport that someone had to like specifically think up. And there had to have been so many arguments, especially halfway through the first game. They're at the ninth hole, and just some tired assholes. Like, if you talk about my hips one more time, I'm going to punch you in the... Who here has golfed before? Oh, one guy. This jagged. Three people. Good. The rest of you are sensible people. Golf is the most annoying, stupid fucking game. It goes on forever, and people say you can drink during it, but you can't because you have to have coordination. So one time, the one time I played golf, I went with my dad, who is this nice, mild-mannered bureaucrat from Canada, but he gets so ultra-competitive with his sons because I constantly call him an old man and ask him if he's going to hurt himself. I asked him what it was like when JFK died or when Winston Churchill died or when Winston Churchill was born. <laughs> What was it like being at the Magna Carta? And then he goes, I wasn't at the Magna Carta. And I go, well, I don't even know what it is. That's how old you are. And he's like, ah, hoisted on my own petard. That's how old he is. He says that and not being ironic. He actually ha was around when there were petards. All right, not funny for everyone. One guy got it. Is your mother and father here or just your mom? Just your mom. Which parent do you like better? Good fucking answer. And, uh, and is, that, is that also your brother there? My brother. Oh, wait, so you guys aren't brother and sister? No. Who are you? Are you guys dating? <laughs> oh, who the fuck are you? Heckler from the eighth row. Yeah, they are. Fucking, they're gay, too. That's such the kid thing, too, when you're 10 years old. And you start like, ooh, look at that girl. She's so sweet and smells good. And the rest of us dudes just smell like mud and keep shoving each other. I'm going to go talk to her about ponies. And then you're like, I remember I once was holding hands with a girl. And this kid, I almost said his name. Ah, fuck it. This kid Kevin was biking by and he just went, you're gay. You're gay with a girl. You're gay for girls. And he just pedaled away. It's haunted me to this day. It's a problem. Straight dudes, we are the worst demographic because we are in control. And if anyone should be in power, it should not be white straight dudes because we're just reactionary idiots. And we just get so competitive about... Have you, like, I've been in bars with a bunch of single guys. And that's just the worst because it's just a bunch of guys making that hover face. And there's like one pretty girl comes in and they're like, all right, what are we going to say to her? I'm going to say I'm a doctor. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna say I'm a doctor. And then like the one brave guy who goes over who was like really short and didn't develop for a long time, so now he has confidence because he's cuter than the rest of you guys. He goes over, and then as he's going over, what do you guys do as straight white males? You all yell, hey, Billy! Good thing you got that AIDS test today, buddy! <laughs> Have a good one! And Scotland's incredibly competitive, and I hang out in, uh, in rock bars here because I don't, I'm like, I'm part of the festival and I'm performing in it, but I made a vow this year I'm gonna avoid all the artist bars. Do you guys know what those are? Let me explain it to you. So all the big venues, like the Underbelly, the Gilded Balloon, the Pleasants, um, that other fucking one, Assembly Rooms, they all have like a specific bar that's just for like comedians and performers. And they are so fucking annoying. 
because it's all of your friends being there, but they think someone from show business is going to show up and help them. So what I've taken to doing this year, because I'm doing this Fringe Sober, which is the best way to do the Fringe as a performer, because you're upset about a show not going well for like 10 minutes, and then you go, oh, fuck it, I have to do it again tomorrow. As opposed to the previous years, where I'd be like, fuck this, and then I'd drink all the whiskey, and I'd wake up shirtless in the meadows going, why is there a sandwich in my butt? <laughs> and then I'd be sad for like three days. Now, you get to play little pranks, such as yesterday, I walked into the abattoir, which is the underbelly bar, and I started telling people I just saw the scout from Conan O'Brien and he was around looking at people. And then this morning, both my manager and agent called me to let me know that the scout from Conan O'Brien was in town. And I had to tell them, no, no, that's me. I've been telling people that. And then they said, keep doing that, keep doing that. So tonight, I'm not sure who I'm gonna go. Hi guys, thank you so much for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, the scouts from Conan O'Brien are here. Yes, yes, yes! That was the most fantastic lady of the theater wave I've ever seen. Just, I am here! Who wants me to sing I'm a Rainbow? That's true. Make some room, guys. It's very important. She invented uh, stages. Before her, we would stand on the ground like, like, like peons. What is your name, miss? Me, Carol. Carol, hello, Carol. Hello. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Where are you from, Carol? I'm from London. You come from London. I could tell your accent is the most London thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I just arrived. Oh, fuck yeah, you did. Did you hear? Just arrived, came on a train, tea, lukewarm, didn't care for it. The train was delayed? You came on a plane. Of course you did. London person, posh and all that. How was the plane? Late, fuck yeah. I like, who's your friend? She's the honest one. You're just <laughs> along for the ride. It was late, it was fucking late. It was easy jet. They measured our bags and we, we were a millimeter over so they charged us 200 pounds. It, it was accurate too, wasn't it? You, this compact cannot fit in your bag. Well, I'll throw it out. No, that's 400 quid. I, have you ever seen the person freak out when you're going to like EasyJet or Ryanair, all those like fake airlines? They don't seem real because they're not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like just someone named Ryan was just like, yeah, I got an airplane. Get on it. Where are we going? Belfast? I don't know. And uh, so I was there once. I went, from, I went to Stockholm, Sweden for a week. And let me tell you, if you want to be bored, go to Sweden for more than three days. Because I've been drunk with white people before. And on day four, you say, we need to stop this. Also, why are all of your kebabs open face? What the fuck is... They do kebab like a pizza which is infuriating, because the point of a kebab is it's like a cone of just the saddest cow, and you eat it, and then it matches your soul after an evening of drinking. You're like, this is sad, this is sad, put it together, okay, I feel better. Open face, you're just, you're just a man covered in meat scraps on the street in Stockholm, and everyone is prettier than you. Everyone is pretty, like I, I'm okay, my head is too big for my body, so it looks like an ostrich egg on a pile of laundry, but, but in Sweden, everyone is proportional and perfect, and they're all fashionable, and they're just looking for opportunities to lean against things. It's, oh, what were you doing today? Something better than you. <laughs> and they're exactly, they are what Europe is to, because like, a North American, we have this stereotype of, of Europeans, which are people in glasses being like, oh, what is that, a coffee? Only espresso here. We don't even pronounce the X. <laughs> what are you having? Crisps? <laughs> Only I have crisps, but they're made by a man who is actually a potato cooked under the sun for one year and then salted with a child's tear. 
And only, like, because in England we have this idea of it's, it's posh people with monocles going, oh, I just read the Times, stocks are down, etc. And it's not what, like, UK people, UK people are just like, whoa, what's going on? It's an explosion. Yeah, back for naps. And, like, French people have that stereotype of being assholes, and they're not assholes, it's just their, ax- their accent betrays them because they sound very snooty. You know what I mean? Have you ever, you've been to France, Claire? Yeah. What did you think of France? <laughs> Where in France did you go? Um, south of France. How lovely. Were you there for the Cannes Film Festival? No. no. Were you there for the adult entertainment expo that precedes the Cannes Film Festival, which pays for the entire thing? Fact, by the way, Cannes Film Festival pay- paid for by porn. It's my favorite fact in the entire world. Because like Marlon Brando's there in a tuxedo, and the only reason he's there is because a week previous there was like a gangbang on a lady. Children, cover your ears. Why were you in the south of France, Claire? Was it for a gentleman? Unfortunately not, no. Was it for a lady? <laughs> no. What was it for, then? Holiday. Likely story. <laughs> were you on a boat? Yes. What kind of boat? A cruise ship. <laughs> Did you meet a gentleman on that cruise ship? I don't think so. I was like 12 or something. I can't remember. Just made this really creepy. <laughs> Did you have wine on the cruise ship? I hope so. I don't know. I can't remember it. How drunk were you on that cruise ship that you can't remember? <laughs> not too bad. As a Scottish person, when you guys say not too bad, that means someone died. <laughs> well, we had the donkey with us. You know the donkey trick, right? You, get, you, drink, you give the donkey as much booze as you're having. When the donkey dies, you know, just stick to shots. <laughs> and who are these people you're with here tonight, Claire? <laughs> that's my pal, Ely. And that's my boyfriend. This is your boyfriend? <laughs> He's very handsome. Good for you, Claire. How long have you guys been together? Uh, like three and a half years. Three and a half years. And would you say you're in a relationship? <laughs> yeah. That's what romance is like. <laughs> and how did you guys meet? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, you, know? you can't remember. <laughs> have you taken a lot of hits to the head? What's going on? Yeah, it was uni. It was definitely uni. <laughs> definitely in uni. So it was definitely during a four-year period of time <laughs> you met a man. You should definitely be a spy. You will give up no information. <laughs> Where are the codes? Possibly at a university. <laughs> what is his name? Peter. Hello, Peter. <laughs> Where did you meet her? <laughs> I'm not going to follow you guys home. I gotta kill an hour here. A bit more with the details. Were you drunk, sober? Drunk. Of course. <laughs> what is it with you? you? I've never met a couple on this island that have met their partner sober. <laughs> like, is it just you're so emotionally repressed? Like when Henry VIII created the Church of England, you guys go, the only time we will express emotion is at dawn after I smell like the inside of a box of wine. <laughs> and then I'll approach the comely lass and go, come hither, madame. It is time for the passion. Is that true? What was, your, what was your big line when you approached her? Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> was it the old, like, this is my rifle, this is my gun, this one's for fighting, this one's for fun? <laughs> you guys did not hear that. He did not have a line. He seduced her with a movie. Let's dig deeper. I feel like a really shit Jeremy Kyle right now. <laughs> and we'll start the show in a second. We just need to make sure the front row is all good. The show hasn't even begun. 
We are just easing, and most shows start on time. Me, other stuff first. So what was the movie? I'm really okay. I'm hoping for some reason either Air Bud or The Princess Bride. No reason. You ever heard of The Room by Tommy Wiseau? I have heard of. The, who here has heard of The Room by Tommy Wiseau? Let me explain to you this hunk of shit movie. All right, Tommy Wiseau is a nut from Los Angeles. He has a face like an American football. I've never seen him smile, and I met him. He came to my hometown, Ottawa, because his only job now is he tours with this shit movie that he starred in called The Room, and it's so bad, people show up and go, I can't believe you made this. There, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. The best part of it is there's just this, he keeps walking into a room and saying hello to a dog. Yeah, he says hello to a lot of people. It doesn't have a plot. Like, you're just sitting there watching and going, this is even either the most brilliant thing I've ever seen or I'm literally getting dumber with each second. It's kind of like this podcast. And more handsome host, though. And so, Tommy Wiseau, and it's just, it's, so you said, come over and watch The Room. What is it like? You only get boners when people are awkward on screen. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really pussed out on that one, Pete. That's so nerve-wracking, too. That's something that doesn't happen. I feel like with internet, I have a girlfriend now, so I'm out of the pool. But I feel like there's like with Tinder, who's it? What, or is a single gent here? All right, let's talk to you, sir. <laughs> You're a single man. Like, how often... Because I remember, like, there was a time... Like, you, sir, you're a little bit older. You didn't even... Like, you invite a lady back to your basement to watch a movie. You probably just, like, let's head over to the sock hop, madame. Didn't have movies then. then. He would just say, hey, do you want to go watch a talkie? And she would say, I say, we should party on here at the speakeasy. And you're like, goddamn right. Al Capone was there. I know that didn't make any sense. Al Capone wasn't in the UK, but just stick with me now. So what are you, like, cause you're, are you on like Tinder and all that fucking shit? Yeah. All right, explain to them what Tinder is. Stand up. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for him. Look how handsome this fucking guy is. He should be in movies. Or movies. I don't know why I said movies. Like I was scared of the word O. Oh. Movies. Turn around. Show them your face. A matinee idol, ladies and gentlemen. You should be starring as Robin Hood. What's your name, brother? I'm Jamie. Jamie, of course you are. A passionate name. So, Jamie, you're on Tinder. Uh, yeah. Explain to them what Tinder is. Uh, it's pretty shallow. You uh, get a photo of someone, you swipe one way to say they're fit and the other way to say they're ugly. Right. If you both think each other are fit, then you can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys? Right? How many ladies have you... <laughs> from Tinder? Don't fucking lie to me, Jamie. I've had it three days. You've had it three days? These are your parents, aren't they? Yeah, you're not saying shit in front of them. Your father, by the way, has the biggest smile on his face. That is my boy. I saw his Johnson when he was two. He is crushing puss like no one's business. I wanted to call him a typhoon a poo nanny, but his mother was against it. I feel like it's the more apt name than James. <laughs> Give it one more day, my friend, and oh, my Lord. You can sit down. Let's talk to your father. Hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> are you on Tinder, too? <laughs> this is your wife, I assume. 
And this is in Jamie's mom? Yeah, okay, good. You never know. It's the modern age. My parents divorced before I was born, so don't fucking judge. It's true, by the way. There is a photo of my mom in the hospital waiting to give birth to me, and next to her on a table, divorce papers. Because most people, they wonder, was I an accident? I have the documentation to prove. I was for sure a surprise. And my parents are far too open about the relationship and how it wasn't good. So they're like, yeah, it was one last tryst. And one day we're driving to Christmas dinner and my mom pointed at the hotel and went, it was in there, 14th floor, other side. And I was like, I am going to burn that building down. I did not need to know that. I need to believe that I was born like this. You guys shook hands and a miracle of science occurred and that is it. Uh, it's so creepy. And my dad now, he's divorced for either the second or fourth time. I'm not really sure. He has a divorce lawyer on speed dial. And so now he is all like, he's like, you know, he's 50 and he has a good job. And he has, my brother's 10, so he has a cute kid. So I know he's definitely out on the dating pool. So occasionally he'd be like, look at that lady. I'm like, we're not having this conversation, dad. I choose to believe that you are a eunuch. And I'm never, if I, that's why I'm not joining Tinder. Because if by happenstance I see Steve Hastings on there, I'm going to destroy every iPhone in the world and then kill him. So where did you meet your lovely wife, sir? Uh, at university. At university. Claire, that's going to be you guys one day. <laughs> Sweetly, happily married with a hunk as a son. He's out there on the internet, but at that point it'll just be all of us having sex with holograms, won't it? Now, like, are you not a man? Yes, according to the plan that the Scottish government's formulating, yes, that's how it's going to work. That's how we're going to get the English holograms. Met at university, and what was your line to approach this beautiful lady? I assume you were in the library, surrounded by leather-bound books. You're wearing one of those white gloves so that your skin doesn't affect the paper. She jauntily came over to you and was like, I'm getting a cup of tea, and you went, hope it's not too hot. It'll burn my lips for kissing. And she went, oh, kissing, my goodness. I like my version way better. <laughs> what, what card game were you playing? Mm, little gin rummy, if you know what I mean. My grandparents, I think, have the greatest meeting story ever. It was on St. Patrick's Day in like the 1820s. And they were at university together and uh, my grandfather uh, had this big St. Patrick's Day party and they had this challenge where if you could drink a, a pint in one go, you, uh, you got all this money. So there was like, I think it was like the 40s? I don't know when the fuck it was. They're old. They know they're old. Don't sit there offended. And so uh, all the money's on the pile. And my grandmother walks up and goes, what if you spill any of the beer? Do you still get the money? And uh, my grandfather's like, yeah, 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 you still do. And she went, all right. And then it's all these like gruff 1940s men with like sweaters and like hats and shit. I don't know what they looked like. And they're in suit suits, smoking big cigars. They're waiting for that man to arrive with Al Capone, big shipment of whiskey coming in. And my grandfather, ha or my grandmother had the pint in front of her and they went three, two, one, go. And everyone starts drinking and she just threw the beer on her face and then just took all the money and fucked off. And my grandfather out loud said, I'm gonna marry that woman one day. So great, and she tells it with such pride. Like he tries to tell, it was like, and she was like, "No, these idiots were drunk and didn't think of it, so I thought of it, and I have the money still. She still has it. It's in her drawer, and she'll show it to you. Like, look at that, thirty-seven dollars. And like the old king is still on the money. The one who you know, I think married the teacher. I don't know what fucking happened. Either way, a bunch of cousins had sex, and then one fucked off, possibly because he was a Nazi. That's what my friend told me, and he's into conspiracy theories. I think it's time to start the show.
I know what you're thinking. I thought the show was already going. Well, it is, but it's now going to get even better. Some of you are going to laugh and stop looking at me. I'm looking at this section right here. You, sir, stifle the laugh. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Couple that's been together since November, but not. Have you been dating people in between? <laughs> oh, my. So what exactly happened? Who just said that? Did you bring a friend? An advocate, perhaps? All right, guys, don't worry. We're going to move away from these people because they are the most uncomfortable people ever. Where are you guys from? Do you know my friend Ryan? He's great. All right, guys, let's get into it. Let's begin. Let me... Fuck, fuck off, phone. Fuck off, fuck, fuck, fuck. Sorry, 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 sorry. Ah, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, our suggestion comes today from the fantastic Mr. Naz Osmanalo. He's part of the sketch group Wit Tank. Have you guys heard of them? Good, that makes me happy that no one knows. Um, they're very funny. I met Naz in Oxford. I did this very strange gig. Um, so Oxford every year for all of their colleges, they have these big crazy bashes to celebrate like the end of term. And it's all these posh people in suits like, I am from Canada, so in my head, like, Oxford isn't real. It's not a real place with people. And so they show up, and we're in a tent that is a shisha bar, and then there's stand-up happening. So everyone comes into the tent, and they are in, like, full regalia. There was a man dressed like he was in, like, this weird sultan's. He had a sash with this red blazer and white pants, and he was posed with one leg up constantly, and he had a little wispy mustache. And I just went, who are you? And then his friend went... His dad owns Turkey. <laughs> and I went, the country or the animal? And he went, the country. It was fucking mad. They were so rich, so rich. A kid, a kid, he was 18, tipped me 100 pounds. When I was 18, if I had 100 pounds, I would go, well, I don't ever need to work again. <laughs> this is going to keep me in nothing. I live in my parents' house. Pizza for a week, ice cream for dinner. No, it can stop me. Retiring now. And it was just... Mental, and I don't know, like, listen, I don't want to stereotype, but extreme rich people, they have an intensely short amount of attention span, especially at this party. There was a water slide, Pete. A water slide. There was a person walking around, just had steak. And not, like, steak sliders. It was a slab of steak, and they went, do you want steak? And I went, yes. And then I went and got a takeaway container from a takeout place and got, like, four steaks, two salads, and a bunch of cake. And I said I was going to give it to my flatmates, but I ate it all on the coach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can be a cheeky boy. And so Naz had to go up very last, and they were just drunk, and they didn't care. And my lasting memory of Naz is him just standing on the stage going, I went to Cambridge, and I'm fucking happy about it! <laughs> and then afterwards I asked him, did you go to Cambridge? And he went, no. I went to Leeds. <laughs> so um, his suggestion for the podcast is, hey man, some inspirational titles. Once Upon the Time... In the ghetto, he spelled ghetto to pronounce that way, a Canadian comic in London, which is supposed to sound like an American werewolf in London, which is a famous werewolf film about an American who becomes a werewolf in London. All these brackets are still part of the title, by the way. Oh, glad I read it. Or Roses Are Red, Violets Are Blue. This is an Edinburgh show, and it's improvised for you. Rolf Harris, the musical. Oh, fuck you, Naz. <laughs> it just, it's so creepy, that whole thing. And it just, it's making me very angry that these people took advantage of these people. This part isn't supposed to be funny. I'm just going to make a point. 
It's so fucking evil that it's happening, and I'm so fucking happy that justice is being served. It's fantastic. That being said, if one more comedian makes a goddamn Jimmy Savile joke, I'm going to lose my fucking mind because we get it. And I also have the best Jimmy Savile joke ever, and I can never tell it. Here's what happened. My dad came to visit like when it all happened. I don't know if you guys saw the Times cover or the Sun cover, and it was just a picture of Jimmy Savile looking like a creep, like an old lady's purse with a cigar and those glasses in a tracksuit. And it just had the words, pedo? Question mark. And my father just turned to it and went, yes, yes, that's what they look like. That's what they look like. Just surrounded by British people just looking at him. And he turned around and went, what? That? Yeah. And he just walked away. It was the greatest thing. Not to you guys, but other people have laughed at it. Now, also, Ralph Harris sounds like a villain, right? Right, Claire? Like, you wouldn't trust a guy named Rolf with your dog. I've seen The Sound of Music. How did Rolf in that movie turn out? Wait a minute. Maybe it's the same guy. Maybe he was like, got that ticket from Last Action Hero. You guys know that great movie. Anyway. Let's go with this. Once upon a time in a ghetto. Who here has ever lived in a dangerous area? No one. This is going to go well. I've lived in a lot of dangerous areas. The most dangerous place I ever lived was in a part of Montreal, which is in Canada. It's French Canada. Montreal is a very crazy city. It's the, only cor it's the most corrupt city in the world. There is no street crime whatsoever <laughs> because the bikers and the mafia and the Irish mob have controlled it all. So you can buy drugs anywhere, but never in schools. Never in schools. A friend of mine was selling weed in university, and he got a knock on the door, and this guy, this house, apparently walked into his flat and went, your name is such and such, your parents are such and such, you've been selling this amount of weed for this long, you are banned from Montreal for six months, if you show up here, bad things will happen. You have weed in this freezer, you have money in that drawer, you have 10 minutes to pack your stuff, you have a plane ticket to Vancouver booked. And he was like, really? And he went, yes, it's a nut town. I worked there as a waiter, that's where I started my comedy career, I was a waiter for the, uh, the dawn of Montreal, his son John Rizzuto. I lost a lot of weight. I used to be 300 pounds, and then I just ate reasonably for six months, and I lost all the weight and got to this size to show you how fucking gross I was. And he was going through heart problems and stress because he was the head of an underworld mafia organization and the FBI was coming after him. So he was like, hey, can you suggest some healthy things for me? And I was like, yeah, here's some soup. And they would always give me $20 as a tip. And I thought that was really nice until my manager took me aside and went, hey, do you know who that is? And I went, no. And he went, that's the head of the mafia in Canada. If he asks you to do anything, please say no and say you're a civilian. And then I watched Donnie Brasco, and he is featured in it as one of the guys who saws up a body. It was the most fucked up thing ever. So I lived in the dangerous area of that town. And one day... I witnessed a gun battle. Here's what happened. I'm sitting, I'm playing video games, I'm stoned. I used to smoke weed, because weed used to be just like, ooh, interesting things. Not like weed now. Weed and sex have gotten, they're far surpassed even me. Do you know what I'm talking, people, who here is in their 30s, late 20s, 30s? Just me, very cooperative crowd. <laughs> I feel like everything's passing by. I can't be on Tinder just being like, you're hot, you're not. Like a fucking arbiter of attraction, just being like, cock! I don't understand. You have pictures of your dick on your phone, don't you, Jamie? <laughs> Sir, what about you? <laughs> I really like that joke. And it stopped. It was amazing because they, they laughed and then they looked around. Is anyone else going to laugh? No. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it the fuck down. That's one walkout. The rest of you will be following soon. Now. So, um, what was I saying? So, I'm sitting there. I'm stoned. Yeah, see you guys. Thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, fine. Fuck. Yeah, good. Get the fuck out of here. Glad you're leaving. 
probably telling secrets. But they actually told me they were going to leave early and they were really polite about it. We have to go at a certain point. And I said, don't worry, I will drive the show into a ground and then you can just walk out in that awkward lull. And they were like, great, we'll go then. So I'm sitting there, I'm stoned, because at that time, weed wasn't now. Like, you smoke weed and it's like you see purple and you want to cry and you're hugging a tree going, you're my only friend, right? See you later. Thank you very much. I knew the weed would get you two guys out of here. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Enjoy your plane trip. Yeah. Dawn of the theater, walking out. See you. No, thank you. Have a good one. Have a great time. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah. Those old cunts. I'm glad they're gone. Hope she breaks her hip while she's critiquing some theater. I, yeah, I fucking said it, and I hope you're her granddaughter and you tell her at Easter dinner. If you guys aren't going to laugh, I will get mean. Now, I know I haven't necessarily been funny, but this is the Edinburgh Festival. You're supposed to appreciate things that don't make any sense. Why is the woman dressed as a cat? Why is she actually shitting? I don't know. It got five stars from a man in a hat. Anyway. So I'm sitting there. I'm high. My flatmate Jill is next to me, and she is super high, that kind of girl high where she's just giggly and ridiculous and going on about, like, I'm going to make muffins. And I'm like, Jill, we don't have anything to make muffins. She said, I'll figure it out. And then there was just a lot of clanging in the kitchen, and she came out and went, I ordered a pizza. <laughs> and so we're sitting there. We're waiting for the pizza to arrive. And have anyone here ever heard gunshots? Have you ever heard gunshots? They just sound like fireworks. So you're kind of sitting there going, like, a fireworks display in the evening? What a treat. And so I'm just listening to the fireworks. I'm high, not sure what's going on. And then I remember the doorbell doesn't work. I got to go get the pizza. So I run down. We had this long flight of really steep, thin stairs. There was no building code. So it was just basically when the winter came, you would just slide down the stairs and hope you didn't die. So I like rushed down them high. I'm in like gym shorts and a t-shirt. And I whipped the door open being like, pizza man. And then standing in the road are two guys, guns drawn, just going, And they don't hit each other at all. They miss completely. And then one guy looks at the other guy and he just throws his gun at that guy and then he fucks off. And leaving the other guy just stood in the street like unsure what to do. Then the police come, they surround him. I'm watching the entire thing and I'm stoned. And now I don't know if you guys have ever been stoned, but you can get a bit paranoid, especially when you've just watched a fucking gun battle and then the police arrive. So I try and be stealth as the cops are getting out of their car and I try and go back inside. But my motor skills were not so much, so it wasn't a like, it was like a, uh-oh, time to go, five ball, five ball. And I go to turn around there, son, down on the ground, we need to check you for wounds. And I was like, oh, I don't know, okay. And they like pat me down and they talk to me. And then Jill hears something and like any person in that situation who might be a lady, she goes hysterical to the nines bolts down the stairs. She is in like short, uh, it's winter, short underwear and a t-shirt. She's standing in the street. You need to do something about violence in these streets. We could have had a child up there. We didn't, but we could have. And they're just like, ma'am, you need to calm down. She goes, I will not calm down. You need to do, she's hitting the police car. There, there's still a perp like on the street, just handcuffed, looking at her like, how are you making a bigger scene than me? I just shot at a guy. You need to do something, quickly! Something needs to happen! And they go, ma'am, you need to calm down. Did you see him? And she went, no, I thought they were fireworks, and then went inside. <laughs> I'm like down on the ground, and I don't know who here has been through a gun battle. None of you have, just me. And so they actually, they have to check you because there's an adrenaline that happens if you do get hit that you may not notice. So they pat you down 
It's very weird when you're stoned having a police officer being like, let me just touch you all over. Oh, good. Can you get the dog to do it? That'll make me feel better about everything. And so they pat us all up and down, and they say, did you see him? And I give a description that you actually give, which is like, it was a man wearing both a shirt and pants. He had hair on his head, some on his face. Not a lot, though. The other man was that guy right there. I could see him. It was that guy. And, uh, and they go, okay. And uh, so perfect. And they take the statement and all that sort of stuff. Pizza arrives middle of this. He's so confused. Well, I'm like, hang on. I got to get your money. I was like, listen, he looked like this. And go get his money. He takes And I'm like, just holding the pizza, talking to the police officers. And then as I go inside, I then realize, oh, hang about. The perpetrator of the gun battle can see me speak to the police. And I go, he's not getting out anytime soon. And they go, probably not. We'll see. And I go, okay. I'm going to go enjoy my pizza. And I walked upstairs. And then I just ate my pizza. And that was the scariest moment I've ever experienced. Uh, luckily, the uh, street then got taken over by prostitutes. So then there wouldn't be any more gun battles. Have you ever been around an actual prostitute, Claire? Don't think so? They're very, very polite, actually. They get out of your way. Some of them had deep voices, and one of them I'm pretty sure was a guy dressed as a girl because she had the widest back I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, you could show the movie The Room on it, and then you and Pete could meet while watching that movie. All right, final question to sum up the podcast. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll just read one more of Naz's suggestions. Ah, a Canadian comic in London, which is sort of like a werewolf. Is that your favorite creature, mythical creature? No? Do you like the series of books, Twilight? You do? Let me ask you a question about those books. Do you get r righteously offended at the fact that the vampires can be out in the daytime? <laughs> Not if they got their what? Your answer wa her answer was, are you offended that the vampires are in the daytime? She's like, not if they have their top off. That's not what, it you shouldn't be, wha you should not be having sex with werewolves, Claire. They will bite you. I am very upset about a lot of things. Cockpicks, the strength of weed, and what has happened to mythical characters. Stick with me. It may not be funny, but then we can leave. And oh, I'll be asking for money. Five quid if you want. Most shows are ten. This one is five. If you can't give five, give whatever you have in your pocket. Now what you're thinking, hey, John, we haven't always laughed. Yes, but you've been informed. We've learned that those ladies were evil, that Montreal is full of crime, and that Claire and Pete love the room, and then that couple isn't sure if they're dating or not. Where would we be without them? And we learned about this man and his giant hog that's all over his dad's phone now we've learned about the borders we've learned about so much so remember this ladies and gentlemen take this away from you Claire if you and Pete ever break up which you shouldn't he's a great guy look at that punum hazelnut ice what do you do for a living Pete you still you, you should find someone else wait what are you studying stick with him engineer in Scotland. They're going to definitely start drilling for oil and then making shit up. If this place goes independent, they're just going to find minerals that don't make any sense. We just found cheese rock. What's that? It's not yours. That's what it is, England. Fuck you. It's ours. What are you going to do with it? We're going to throw it at you. We got Andy Murray back here. He's going to hit you right in the fucking face. I guarantee that is going to, if it goes independent, that will be the biggest pawn of contention is which side Andy Murray is going to play. And you know David Cameron is going to be like, Listen, I know that you, for some reason, rooted for, like, Argentina during the World Cup, and you look like you're constantly smelling a fart, but we really need you. Tennis is all we've got. Did you watch the World Cup? Wayne Rooney wore a long sleeve shirt in the jungle. That's because he didn't even sweat while playing. 
Yeah, I said it. I fucking said it. Who here watched that World Cup performance? It was abominable. I had to root for the Netherlands. The Netherlands! Have you met the Dutch? They're the least emotional people in the world. They laugh at the credits of movies and then stand there just going, I don't understand it. That man couldn't have excelled that explosion. Like, what? You're ruining everything! I live with a Dutch man. He's great, but he has weird rules. One of them is includes this, which is the bathroom door must always be shut because there could be a smell from the toilet at any time. And that is his logic. I agree. See, that man just heard that and was so shocked he dropped a lot of force. He couldn't believe it. The door of the bathroom must be open if not occupied. Therefore, you can see if someone is peeing or pooing in there. Because I don't know if you guys live with flatmates, but the last thing you want to do is see them making Wolfsbane first thing in the morning. I want to live in a world where I'm the only one using that toilet and the rest of them are like rabbits. They just store it up and it pops like a pebble, pebble and just throw it in the woods. Now, what I mean to say about werewolves and uh, vampires is that they've been corrupted. Corrupted by the teens of this world because they're no longer scary. Are you scared of a vampire? You should be. They will drain your body of blood and then you will come back as a child of the undead. Granted, vampires don't actually exist, but still. But still. All right. Last question for you, Claire. Then we're going to fuck off. In a fight, it's Pete versus the guy who played the werewolf in the Twilight movies. And the winner of the fight gets your heart. Who are you rooting for? <laughs> Pete, how does that make you feel? Hurt, shocked, upset. Pete's very sad. Claire, what's your problem? The other guy's got bad abs. Come with me, Pete. Single ladies in the room. This is Pete. He's an engineer. A student right now, but soon he'll have money. If you'd like to date him, he's just coming out of a harsh relationship <laughs> with a woman who thinks only about body and not about what's in here. Five times five, Pete. 25. Look how good he is at math. <laughs> five times five, Claire. 25. You heard him say it, though. <laughs> Favorite author. <laughs> he doesn't read. Favorite movie. The Room. Loves already movies. <laughs> What's your email, Pete? Um, I'm not going to disclose that just now. <laughs> He's secretive. <laughs> so he'll keep your tryst a secret. Favorite sexual position? I wouldn't say I had a favorite. I just Versatile. <laughs> Will you pay for dinner? Yes. He's a liar, too. Are your parents nice? Lovely. Lovely parents. Final question. What will you make your new girlfriend for breakfast? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I'll probably go to McDonald's or something. Let's try that again, Pete. <laughs> you want to be something nice and romantic, not throw a Big Mac at the lady and go, eat! I can see why you don't have those abs. We were having a good time. You're really, you're really on Pete's side. I like you guys as a crowd now. Final question. What? How would you propose to a lady? Not Claire. Future woman who's better, who respects you and won't leave you for a mythical creature. Oh, oh Christ. Um. You'd find Jesus. And you'd bring him forward and you would help him. That's amazing. And then so Christ is there with you. 
And your future, your future girlfriend is there. And then what are you gonna do? What are you wearing? I don't know. He's wearing nothing. <laughs> so that way you can see him. He's bare, he's naked in front of God, going forth because of his love. You're so romantic, Pete. And then what do you say to that lady? Will you marry me? Simple. <laughs> I want you to marry me, Pete. Ladies and gentlemen, just to sum up the show, we've learned about relationships. We found out that those children may or may not be dating. We've learned about Jamie's massive hog. And I now have a husband. Only here at the Anything Can Be a Podcast podcast would you find something so exciting. I'll see you at the back. You've been lovely. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Good night. Pete, everybody. See you later.